Welcome to the Blue Sky Education Thinking Podcast with your hosts, Stephanie Mullins, Matt Simmons, and me, Kerry Ruffle. A business education without a sense of change. I don't think I've ever uh, seen an industry that's not uh, constantly been thinking about uh, how it will transform. 15, 20 years ago, we were talking about the uh, demise of the MBA, and yet here it is uh, still going strong. Uh, exec Ed sees new competitors uh, coming in from third party consulting, uh, and yet Exec Ed has been a, a, an absolute uh, lifeblood for business schools. Uh, and now, of course, we have a, a pandemic uh, and the impact that it has both for the, uh, the uh, immediate uh, impacts and how schools have scrambled, and to my mind, uh, scrambled incredibly effectively uh, to uh, change their delivery uh, and they start to think about uh, the long term. So I guess um, there are many, many different areas to this, how schools are providing uh, delivery, how both students and staff are adapting to the uh, virtual um, delivery of those different courses uh, and of course um, how that whole interaction, even at the campus building itself, uh, is being tra transformed from currently empty classrooms, uh, given lockdowns around the world, uh, to perhaps a different role where it plays this interactive hub and provides the sort of uh, connectivity that really is at the heart of the business school experience, going beyond some of those core courses, uh, accounting and others um, that can be delivered offline uh, and providing the sort of interaction between executives, between young masters, students. So so many different uh, ways that we can look, I guess, at this challenge of uh, both the short and the long-term changes that business schools face. I mean, I think, I think it's very interesting that business schools in particular have been extremely hard hit and face a huge challenge from the coronavirus pandemic. These are institutions that make their name and promote themselves on their internationality, their ability to have a classroom full of people from around the world, different different professions, um, uh, different nationalities, and to bring all that together to allow their students to get the best out of their education. So with countries around the world on lockdown and travel bans and people being cautious about where they make their next steps, it's a huge hurdle for business schools to overcome. But fortunately, the you know, the, the blueprints for that were already in place with the shift that many institutions have begun to make in the world of online learning. And I think it's, it's inspirational to see how quickly schools have been able to adapt and change and how willing they have been to push um, funding and new ideas, innovation into the online capacity of their delivery. And it was only, what, you know, five, ten years ago that online education, particularly online MBAs, was seen to be something of a, a lesser degree, a lesser standard. It was something that a lot of applicants wouldn't necessarily pick as their first choice. And it's interesting now how that has completely flipped. The online MBA in particular has been growing and learning and developing and become more popular. And suddenly it's become something that is a, an essential choice for many if they want to get the very best out of their education and for those schools that over the last decade have invested significantly in their online capacities and their online capabilities now is really their time to shine and it's interesting because business schools all face very similar challenges right now but in reality they are all, all very different they are funded differently they are led by very different personalities but really essentially 
the challenges caused by coronavirus are pretty similar across the board. And it's interesting to talk to many people in the industry about what that means for them. So we went out and we spoke to deans all over the world, in Finland, in Canada, in the UK, to find out what this really means for them. Over the next three episodes of this podcast, we are going to be looking specifically at the long-term changes to business education, both looking at the world around us and how technology has changed how we approach learning, but also, of course, we can't avoid the impact of the coronavirus pandemic and what that is going to mean for the future of education. So, Steph, in this episode, who are we going to hear from? So we're kicking off this episode with Hannah Lina Pesonen, and she's the Dean of the Jivascular University School of Business and Economics. And we have our very own PR consultants, Bonnie Stone and Kate Mowbray, and they're talking about how deans can really use their platform in times of crisis to provide stability and really reassurance for all of their key stakeholders. And then we finish off with Jonathan Simon. And we've heard from him earlier on in the series, but he's coming back to tell us all about what the changes mean for his institution and more at Telfer School of Management at the University of Ottawa. So we will begin with Hannah. Hannah, what changes have you seen in the industry so far? You could even say everything has changed. (laughs) So recruitment of students, teaching, working doing research not so much in research in itself but but mobility of of researchers then also students yeah uh, so everything in some way or another has been affected totally totally and do you think this will be long term or do you think that it's going to be short term and we're going to see sort of everything resuming as normal when it comes to the pandemic Mm. I'm not the person to, to, to speculate on that, but somehow I do have a feeling that it will take some time, first of all, with the pandemic to, to, to get back to normal. Mm. And then what, what it means to go back to normal when, whenever that happens, whether it's in half a year or a year or even more. Yeah. Uh, I somehow think that what we have learned, what we were forced to do, uh, some of it at least will stay because mm. it has brought many many good new things as well obviously everything connected to to the distance like for instance you and me now talking online today <laughs> None of us <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I think we're so used now to talking through video communications yes, yes. yeah <laughs> yeah and I, I don't think that will change either and I quite enjoy it now <laughs> Me too, I have to say. Yeah, I think it's an improvement on just talking on the phone, actually being able to see someone's face and read their expressions. That's true. Yeah, you're right. So even even a small thing from phone to to something digital and seeing the face. Exactly. Exactly. Do you think it will sort of go into events as well? Do you think there'll be more virtual events? Probably, yes. I think we will go back to to some uh, physical events because mm. that's something I, I somehow see that people are missing the actual meeting and mm. having time to sit sit down enjoying lunch or dinner whatsoever and 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 just have a chat and that's something you don't do online uh, to get to know people then then probably more in person and uh, 
and, and then also exchanging ideas which you don't do in a short meeting like this. Yeah, totally, so, totally. so, and I, I, I can say I'm missing that too myself. So I hope we will have some events at least, but may, maybe less than mm. what we used to have. Maybe, yeah, 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 that could be. I agree. I'm, I'm the same as you. I miss being able to sit down over lunch oh. at a conference and yes. chat to people informally and learn more about them and what they do. Yes. And yeah. Mm. yeah, totally, totally. And it's interesting that you think there'll be a bit more of a blending between in-person events and then mm. virtual events. Mm. Do you think that will be the same for teaching? Do you think there'll be more blended learning in that respect? Absolutely, absolutely. I'm sure it will, it will continue in some kind of a hybrid more blended learning also in the future. Yeah. Uh, now we, we were forced to try and it seems to be working. And in many cases, it, it has been useful. It ha has certainly increased the flexibility that many of the students have asked for mm. for, for a long time already. So, so for instance, if I uh, think uh, from, from the Finnish perspective where our students actually have more flexibility than in many other countries, uh, for instance, in, 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 in terms of their, their, their uh, sort of the time for their degree, mm. we are more flexible in that. If it's a two-year program, well, you can take three, so on. Uh, so that means that many of the students, when they are towards finalizing their degrees, already are working par partly or even full-time towards the end of the degree. So from those people, especially, we have been getting the requests over the years that, that they, they, when they move to another city, for instance, uh, they find it difficult then to commute if they are working. So, so if we would have any, any online options for them. So now we were able to, able to do that. And actually, which was kind of funny, we realized quite soon that was in March when we more or less over a weekend turned into full online. <laughs> so we started to get, get questions from, from, some of those students in the work life already that okay now it seems that I would be able to take the course I didn't register earlier because I thought that I would not be able to be there in person wow. can I still join <laughs> can I still join uh, I don't I don't have any statistics from the spring but I somehow think that we will collect that uh, a little bit later but it seems that we even got some more studies completed by the yeah. students because of the more opportunities that we and the flexibility that we were able to offer them definitely and do you think that you'll continue the flexibility from going forward certainly to some degree at least awesome. we won't in our case we won't go 100 percent online no no we we still appreciate uh and value the personal contact it has a role to play just like we said with the events, so same is same is true. I think in teaching, teaching, uh, yeah, yeah. But but for sure, we will go for for some kind of blended. Mm -hmm. I suppose it it answers what a lot of students are asking for. They appreciate the face to face yes. learning, but then they also appreciate the flexibility that comes with yes. online. Yes, exactly. Awesome. And how are you finding student recruitment in terms of bringing these students in? Do you think that's been heavily impacted by the pandemic? Do you think the methods of recruiting students are going to change? How, 
how do you see that working? From from the Finnish perspective, uh, and I guess it would be the same for for yeah, probably the same for all the all the other countries as well. Mm. So what has been affected are the international markets for students. Yeah. So we also have some international programs. So those students that we 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 have recruited from from outside of Finland have now difficulties. <laughs> entering the country or leaving their own country whichever mm. uh, or both <laughs> so so uh, they're they're what we have tried to do now i don't have the exact uh, sort of the final figures how it will look like in the autumn but we we are we anyhow are uh, committed to to offer online version for all students now mm. also for the autumn term so especially for the for the purposes of those students who are not able to arrive to Finland or to Uvascula. So, so, but still some choose to not not to come or and and not to join because they would then also appreciate the personal contact. But how many students we are losing? Too early to say yet. In our mm. case, I think that's the case for a lot of business schools that it's yes, still it a time yeah. when they they don't quite know what impact it will have. Yes. on their institution yeah. that's true and then of course for many universities <clears throat> around the world it's also a huge huge financial issue mm. uh, in our case that's not such a huge problem because uh well we have only a certain number of international programs where we are uh where we have tuition fees for the students for the finnish students there is no tuition fee but instead, we we get the financing from the from the Finnish government, the Ministry of Education. So, it doesn't change that much financially for us. Yeah, it's not such a huge loss for us. But as far as I know, many universities globally yeah. are really struggling now. Yes, that's a great strength for for your institution yeah. to have. Yes, yes. So, myself as a dean, I'm lucky really really in yeah in this position yeah yeah not having to worry about the absolutely the finances at the moment yeah yeah no that's an e excellent position to be in yes. i mean yeah yes. not not everyone is able to say that yeah of course then we also do have concerns about uh the future years what will happen with the with the economy of the country as a whole <laughs> because mm -hmm. then, then of course the funding of the universities will also be affected yeah in in a couple of years or so but but immediately there is no such huge yes yeah i suppose then we're looking to the really long-term impacts and and what it's going to mean from a political level and and then exactly yeah yeah, yeah. that's true You're right yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's really interesting, all of these things that, that we're learning about. Um, I wondered if there was anything that you'd like our listeners to think about or, or would like to speak about that we haven't touched upon yet? Something kind of a very general thought, which something I have been thinking myself, I have been coming back to the, the idea in the past couple of weeks over and over again that, well, this was a huge change, which we could not have planned for a weekend, really, to take place. <laughs> yeah. And if we were able to do that, we can do so many things. So somehow mm. I'm coming back to the idea that, well, maybe myself personally as a, as a leader, 
Mm. And, and uh, universities as a whole, well, the whole society, mm. we, we seem to be able to do a lot in, in a very short time. So maybe yeah. we can be braver than also with some changes, whatever they are, what we want to accomplish. That's so true. And what a beautiful way to look at it. If we can be resilient and and make it through such a crisis as we have, as strong as we have, then think about what we could do. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Well, I think that would be a beautiful note to end on. So thank you so much for joining us. Hannah's discussion highlights a really interesting point. Though the coronavirus has radically changed the way we live, we work and study, it's also brought opportunity. And whether that's students accessing an online programme that they'd previously thought was out of their reach, or it's an institution showing its resilience and doing what a business school does best, to think to the future. Kate Mowbray and Johnny Stone from Blue Sky Education have been helping the Trinity Business School in Ireland share their forward thinking on a global stage. They're a massive business school in the Republic of Ireland and part of a really well-respected university in Trinity College Dublin. So we always knew that the difference we were going to make was going to be on a, on a global level. It was going to be beyond the borders of the Republic of Ireland. Um, So, you know, they've got so much content to work with. They're a really forward-thinking business school. And obviously, their dean in particular, Andrew, he's he's at the heart of that. He's, you know, first and foremost, he's Professor Andrew Burke. So he's really still got his hand in when it comes to academic research. But, I mean, beyond that, they've got such amazing thought leadership and they've had really impressive rankings results this year. So we've had so much to work with. But in terms of... I mean, in terms of the kind of coverage we work with specifically with Andrew, it's, it's really been all about how, obviously, how biz ed and how business is going to change because of COVID. Mm. Obviously, after COVID, you know, Andrew has said from the off that, you know, we've got to really reset the way we, we measure success in the business world. Um, he, he, he always refers to the, the Frankenstein economy. I love the idea that. that. It's all about profits and lean workforces and you know, lean supply chains. In reality, it's not about that. It's about creating society for all of us. And mm. he's, he really does practice what he preaches. He's got, you know, as does Trinity in general, they've got really socially aware alumni. And obviously you see it first and foremost in their research. So we've, we've been pushing on all fronts as, as we do at Blue Sky. We take a holistic approach to things. So we push the research, the thought leadership, and we've achieved some amazing results. The likes of, you know, global tier one publications like Forbes, as well as accrediting bodies, you know, Amber, Kate works a lot with Biz Ed Mag, which is part of the AACSB. Fantastic. And you've had some brilliant feedback on all of your work. Kate, I think there was one point that the Dean made to you that would be really interesting for us to mention. Yeah, so I think when he took us on as a PR agency, he just expected to just get a bit of nice media coverage, you know, keep the professors happy. And I think he's been overwhelmed with what we've done. He said that it's actually been marketing. Um, it's helped with his um, accreditations, like you mentioned. Um, and he just said he didn't really expect any of that. And he said he can prove to the rest of the university, look, we need to spend this money because we're not just getting PR, we're getting so much more than that. And I think that is just so important. And I think during a pandemic, I think it's more important than ever to kind of get out there and be in the media. And get those interesting stories across, which I just don't think he realised like the extent of that and the student stories and all the kind of other stuff we do as quite a niche agency. 
Definitely. I think the impact that we've had, he's been really surprised at, even to the point of helping with accreditations, because we work with the publications. Being seen in those publications has an impact when they're coming to reaccreditation. Yeah. It's fantastic. And, and being able to prove that they're engaged in the community, it's just brilliant. And being able to help with such an impact is, is a big strength of being at Blue Sky. And from working with the dean and and often we're surprised how many deans are active researchers and and they have yeah. their own topics and expertise they want to talk about but they also like to talk about the industry and about business education and and this is a, a really good way for deans to get their profiles out would would you agree johnny yeah i mean 100 percent. i think one thing that every business school and every dean must realize is that you know the dean is an extension of the brand Mm. You want physical representation of the brand, both on a day-to-day -day basis with internal stakeholders, but also with external stakeholders um, at events and in the media. So you really need to embrace that. You can't shy away from it. First and foremost, you are career academics. Most most are anyway. And so it's a great opportunity for you to still keep your hand in and get you know not just. It's great seeing you know leading academ academics at your at your business school securing coverage. But there's nothing wrong with it if a dean wants to secure their own coverage, of course. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And so I just think they should really be embracing the media, particularly now more than ever, because I think one thing we've really learned from this from this pandemic is the value of higher and business education. Mm. And so now is now is the time really to, to really embrace PR and embrace the media and you know share your expertise and your insights. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I know there's so much that both of you could have spoken about today. And, it, and it's, it's interesting just to, to hone in on one particular aspect that has gone really well. So thank you so much both for sharing your insights with us. So Johnny said that now is the time to embrace PR. And of course, it's not surprising that one of our own PR consultants would have this perspective. But what are the schools saying? Next, we continue our discussion with Jonathan Simon, Director of Marketing and Communications at the Telfer School of Management in Canada. He believes the schools which act to voice their ideas beyond their own networks now are the ones that will be seen as the leaders in the years to come. Luckily, most schools right now are still forward thinking and, and mm. budgets aren't really getting slashed because we don't know what's happening. And then, you know, I, I suspect things will change in the next couple of months. And, and it will be a time and, and certain schools will um, cut budgets related to marketing and recruitment and others mm -hmm. will say, no, we're going to find other ways to do it. And I feel like the schools that are forward thinking, that are putting their efforts still in, putting out their vision, putting out mm -hmm. their brand, um, recruiting students, recruiting donors, um, yeah. and, and saying how yeah, this is actually an opportunity. This mm -hmm. is an opportunity for all of us to expand those schools are going to be uh, seen and looked at five years from now as the ones that um, were forward thinking and, and mm. in the face of uncertainty saw the opportunity and pushed forward. I totally agree and it's interesting to see how many people I've spoken with are saying now is not the time to fall back, we need to continue and they're being really innovative and finding new ways. They're saying okay we can't physically recruit students at events. So how do we reach them? Okay, we need marketing initiatives, we need advertising, we need PR, we need to reach those people. We still have those goals. I'm, I think those goals are, everybody has those goals. I'm, I'm so happy to see with, with the whole education community, how 
even though we are traditionally seen as a slow moving industry with a lot of politics and things uh, involved in making those types of strides, I was so proud to see when the pandemic hit, how quickly many, many schools, almost all of them, were able to switch almost in weeks to online learning, to webinar-based mm. events. It, it was across the board, I saw it with so many institutions that just embraced uh, platforms and teachers that had taught a certain way for many, many years. Um, some, most of them embraced the new challenges that were set forth and saw this as a learning opportunity for themselves mm. uh, to, to, to do something they and push themselves out of their comfort zone. So I was just very proud to see that. I still think we have some ways to go, everybody, in terms of trying to get, um, you know, our all of our brands and, and offerings out to mm -hmm. the world to see what 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 a business school education can do and how we can pivot. But overall, I was very excited to see uh, a lot of the changes that happened sometimes overnight uh, across communities of universities. Yes, I agree. And it's been wonderful to hear people's stories about how literally overnight or over a weekend, yeah. academics and faculties and, and staff have been able to turn their teaching online just, just straight away. And they've invested in, in new cameras and new equipment to do it really well from, from home. And yeah people have responded and the amount of flexibility I think has shown a lot of institutions and a lot of students actually I love this flexibility I love being able to to learn from home so it's opened up this whole new realm of, of a possibility for a lot of institutions yeah and I think a lot of the fear that institutions had pre-pandemic about going online about hearing stories about all types of issues that could happen all of a sudden they were forced to do it. They had no choice. Mm -hmm. And they realized that some of the fears we had weren't that scary at all. Some we still have to deal with, but it's like, you know, pushing yourself closer and closer to a cliff and then somebody just pushing you off and you're gonna have to find that parachute and survive. And I think uh, for the most part, uh, institutions quickly pivoted. Now we're faced with, again, what's gonna happen with enrollment? What, what are students, you know, do they defer? Do they, do they like different offerings or, or do they go elsewhere? And so that's a next phase of uncertainty. Mm. But I think a lot of people, and at least the colleagues I talk to across many universities are saying, well, we, we've already survived one thing, we didn't have a choice. Now we have some planning to do. So let's, you know, and, and we have no choice but to do it and to adapt. So um, for most, for the most part, they're just pushing forward with their plans um, mm. to ensure that uh, the students get the best education possible, that the the professors can still conduct their research in a in, a, in the ways that they can, and they've just kind of looked at the new tools that are out there and just kind of use those to continue pushing forward. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're right. This is something that no one could have prepared for. No one could have planned for this at all. And uh, even if they had, everyone would have laughed at them. I mean, I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure there were academics around the world that have been screaming for years that this could happen, that we should prepare now, that we should be running around campuses telling people we need to update equipment. We need to do this. this mm. is, 
I, I know they exist. And now those people are beating their chests saying, yeah. I told you so. I knew. But at the same time, those same people are are helping their colleagues. I've seen that, you know, they, they're not saying, well, I told you I take care of myself. They're saying, how can I help our colleagues move quickly online? How do I help the administration? So, you know, it, we knew, I think everybody would say 10 years ago, we knew that, that we would have to move in an online mm. environment eventually. Education would have to. But nobody would think it would be this quickly at this pace. Um, and again, and that it could be done at this level, at this, at this quality, I think is, is uh, a testament to how quickly academics can kind of pivot when forced to. I think a lot of academics have been surprised at how effective it has been and just how much they've accomplished and if they can do that so quickly what can be done in future there's so much possibility yeah i think speaking myself personally i teach a digital marketing class and one of my offerings i've done every semester is i bring in guest speakers uh to to talk about their day-to-day -day work and what they do for for two reasons one I want them, I want students to see what it's like, you know, even though I, I do it on a daily basis, it's not as uh, up to speed as maybe some of these other people in startups. Also, it's a good networking opportunity. Mm. I found with the pandemic now, I'm not limited to people that come in my classroom in Ottawa. I've had people dial in from Santa Monica and across. So now it's opening up, well, can I get digital marketer experts across the world and bring this offering to my classroom mm -hmm. that never existed before? That was, that was a challenge. That was, I probably could have done it, but it was scary for me to figure out how do I work this equipment and do it. And now we're on what, mm -hmm. six to seven video calls a day minimum mm -hmm. to do this right here. When you sent a message. It was. It, it wasn't even a thought in my mind that this could be hard. It was just something that we do on a regular basis. Now it's just going to be recorded, and we're going to move on uh, doing these types of things. It's so true. And for the, it's funny you say this because for the first season of our podcast, I went around and I visited people, and I took a Zoom mic with me, and I interviewed them in person. And I did a couple online, but I thought, you know, it's best to do it in person. Now it's completely made me rethink all of that and I love doing it over video, being able just to speak to people anywhere in the world. It does open up completely new opportunities. Yeah, it's, it's you know, before it was like, do we have to write mics? Do we have to write equipment? Is the lighting right? Is there, and mm. now it's, it's in a way where, you know, everything is pretty much accessible. Yes. Yeah. And, and we've quickly learned how to, use the equipment that we have in front of us to turn things into content that didn't exist in before. And it's, it's kind of exciting. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It's definitely an exciting future and, and we're going to see who's going to lead the way. I really love what Jonathan says about moving forward and taking brave opportunities. And even if a project scares us, but it, it has, amazing possibilities we should go ahead and do it and I love this theme of starting to look at the opportunities that the coronavirus pandemic has actually prompted us to consider. It's interesting isn't it that uh, of course any uh, potential MBA or master's student themselves are looking to take that leap of faith um, and, and you know move out of their comfort zone that, that's what um, the business school experience offers and I guess now uh, you know, the, the pandemic is holding up a mirror to the business schools themselves and saying, you know, 
how are you going to seize this opportunity? I mean, business schools have been teaching students for, for decades the importance of being able to grow and develop and adapt their mindsets and be flexible. And now really is the opportunity for schools to practice what they preach in their own offering, to be more flexible in what they provide, in how they deliver it, in who they're reaching out to and how they, you know, they, they measure their success and their, their growth and their progression. And we're going to be looking at this in a bit more detail in our next episode. Steph, who will we be speaking to in episode five? So in our next episode, we'll be continuing with our fantastic Dean interviews. Uh, we'll be kicking off with Dana Brown. She is the Dean of the Sprott School of Business at Carlton University. And we have Angus Lang from Lancaster University Management School, discussing some of the changes that we really hope to see. This has been the Blue Sky Education Thinking Podcast. Thanks for listening. For more information and resources, please visit our website, www.bluesky-pr.com.